Golf and rock and roll, not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going, we were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G., Along with a very special guest co-host, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Awesome to have you here. Rich is up uh, at the PGA Championship, enjoying uh, a little time off and uh, hanging out with some of his club professional buddies and probably watching a little bit of Rod Perry, uh, who's going to be playing one of the top, one of the 20 that made it. Yes. uh, Qualified. From Daytona Beach. <laughs> I wonder if Rich got caught up in the wave of uh, humanity that followed Tiger Woods around the front nine this afternoon. Have you seen anything quite like that for a practice round, Jeff? That's the thing is you see it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but the mobilization, and I think that's probably the best choice of words I could come up with, the mobilization of humanity <laughs> that took place between, say, one fifteen in the afternoon, uh, maybe even a little earlier when it was reported that uh, Tiger had landed, and, uh, and then from the parking lot to the practice range, from the practice range to the clubhouse to the first tee, amazing. And everybody said, and we'll talk to Todd Lewis a little bit later on in the show, that uh, it felt like a weekend, and it was 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, as we talk about every week, uh, Tiger just uh, tips the scales at a whole nother level when it comes to, um, well, not only uh, a, t- a typical tour event, but let's face it, a major is not typical. No, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of taken on a life of its own now. Uh, you always knew that Tiger was going to show up at a major. He was going to play his practice rounds at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. He was going to be out the gate before most of the public was in the gate. But this whole will he or won't he, where is he? Is he in South Florida? Is he on site? Is he in traction somewhere, for all we know? Uh, it, it's really made this whole scenario take on a whole different life. Well, we're going to go live to Valhalla because we have him live from the Media Center, and maybe he could update us. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Well, we're like everyone on the edge of our chairs. Any uh, update about whether or not Tiger will be teeing it up tomorrow? Uh, Yeah, he's been here uh, this afternoon. Uh, Tiger Woods, we knew we were going to get news today. Uh, either way, if Tiger was going to play, if he wasn't going to play, he was going to be respectful to the PGA of America and this championship and to the alternates or the alternate that would either take his spot or not take his spot. There was a buzz here at Valhalla around noon 
uh, we got news, as news often breaks out on the median, and that is Twitter, that Tiger was on the grounds. He, in fact, wasn't on the grounds. He was in Louisville. But he did arrive here at Valhalla at 1.16 this afternoon. He then went to the practice area, hit several shots, and then he played nine holes with Harris English, with Steve Stricker, and with Davis Love the third. I stood behind him as he hit his first tee shot. He hit driver. He had an incredible shot. It's a dog leg left. He hit it over these trees, uh, just over 300 yards. And I talked to his swing coach after the nine-hole practice session that he had, a uh, practice round, I should say, and uh, Sean Foley said that he hit it hard today. Uh, as Tiger made the turn, he addressed the media, and then he moved to the back nine where he is right now where he's predominantly chipping and putting. Uh, he says his range of motion is good. Uh, he doesn't have any pain. Um, he has been, you know, receiving treatment over the last few days and resting, but um, he, he feels good, and he seems like he's ready to go tomorrow morning, 835, with Patrick Harrington and Phil Mickelson. Todd, do you know, is this related to the surgery? Was this something it's you not, know, else? It's not. No, it's, it's a different spot in his back. Uh, I'm not a medical doctor, but I've been talking to some here. Um, it's in a different spot in his lower back. It's uh, his IS joint, I think is what it's called. I'm not specific on that. SI. <laughs> SI. I had it happen SI two, two months ago. Yep. Hey, thank you very much. It's an SI joint. Uh, it's different from the microdiscectomy uh, surgery that it had a different area. So it's, it's there. They kind of worked on the joint, the doctor said, and his trainer's back in South Florida, and he says he's good to go. Todd, uh, Jeff Shane here. Um, hey, Jeff. Hey, uh, how much does this, all of this seem a little rushed? You mentioned he tees off at 835 uh, tomorrow, which is 14 hours away. He's playing the back nine. I realize he's not hitting full shots uh, playing the entire holes, but how much of this seems a little rushed to you to get out and learn the course before he has to go for real at 835? Well, I, I firmly believe he wouldn't be here practicing at least if he didn't feel as if his body was receptive to taking on this tough golf course. And like I said, I followed him uh, a couple holes and watched him hit some balls on the range and watched him hit that first tee shot and talking to his swing coach, Sean Foley. He seems like his body is fine, and he says he's pain-free, so we can only take him for his word. Um, I, I mean, he, if he's going to see the golf course, it's totally different than when he won here in 2000. And let's not forget, yeah. he didn't play on the U.S. Ryder Cup team in 2008 that was held here at Valhalla. So if he was going to see the golf course, it was going to have to be today. I think it would be very difficult for him to come out tomorrow, uh, sight unseen, this golf course, because it has been changed, and trying to establish some trust with his golf swing as he makes his way around here in a major championship. Yeah. Well, just do you think that there there's enough rest period in between for a player who has had back issues all year? Well, I, again, I can Jeff, I can only go with what he said, mm -hmm. and I, I'm not I'm only Tiger knows how Tiger feels, and he verbalized to us that he is pain free, and he's fine. The, the bigger question, I think, Jeff, is does he trust his back? Because this is a big ballpark. This is seventy four hundred and fifty plus yards. It's a par 71, not a par 72, so you can't hide your driver. You're going to have to be pretty explosive off the tee to have some success. Can he trust that explosiveness through the swing and not worry about his back being triggered again into spasm? Um, 
you know, that that's what he's going to have to wrestle with and manage as he makes his way around this place. From um, talking to a couple of doctors as well, Todd, before coming on the air, you know, as you were saying, the, the back is a, can be a very tricky thing, as evident by the fact that this is not related to the surgery. It's it's another you know area of his back. Uh, but from what I understand as well, many times um, you know you can get injections and that can alleviate the spasm or the pain, and that sometimes it works you know for weeks, months, and years without people having any more issues. So you know it's a tricky thing when it comes to the back. And um, having had something happen a couple of months ago to my SI joint where I'd never had any back issue ever before and dropped to my knees in a workout session, could not get up for over an hour. It really gets your attention. And when you go back out and want to make a swing and do it full force and feel like, you know, you don't have to worry about a thing, that's tough when you've had something like that happen. Well, not only is it tough, it would be tough if he was playing well. But let's not forget, he's not playing well. Uh, Last week, Firestone at the WGC Bridgestone Invitational, that was his third tournament back since microdiscectomy surgery. And let's run down his results. First tournament back in Quicken Loans National, missed the cut. Second tournament back, the Open Championship, finished 69th. Third tournament back, he pulled out on Sunday with a back issue. He's only got one top 25, and that was a 25th place finish at the WGC Cadillac Championship. So to your point, yes, if he had some form, it would be difficult as it is to trust his body going through the golf ball. It's even more difficult to trust your body when you don't have form, which Tiger Woods does not have right now. So I, I don't know what to expect from him. Um, I, I, you know, the good thing about this golf course, a couple things. One, A, he's won here before. He won here in 2000. So that's some positive energy. B, the fairways are, are wider than at least they were at Akron for the Bridgestone Invitation. Uh, so those are two good things going for him. Um, but the negative is, like I said, trying to trust to swing through the golf ball. So we're just going to have to see. Well, and um, if Tom Watson was doubting in any way the fact that he really wants to make the Ryder Cup team in the worst way, uh, I believe this uh, shows, Tom, that uh, that's, that's the case. I think the bigger example of showing Tom Watson that he has heart and he wants to be on that Ryder Cup team may not be this week, but next week, um, even if Tiger Woods wins here, he will, will not be an automatic lock, an automatically qualified player on that team. It will likely convince Watson that he should take him as a captain's pick. But let's just say Tiger plays well. Top, let's say he finishes fifth. We'll give him a fifth-place finish, which is good. But Tiger is well outside the top 200 in the FedEx Cup standing. A fifth-place finish is not going to secure him a spot for round one of the playoffs in the FedEx Cup. Uh, so that means he may have to go to Greensboro to just try to qualify for the playoffs. And if he does that, then he's really showing Tom Watson that he wants to be on that team because he's never played in Greensboro to win the championship. It, it seems to me that uh, uh, if if Tiger doesn't f- finishes anything outside of winning, uh, he's going to come up very short for both both right. the FedEx Cup and and the and the automatic Ryder Cup. Do you do you have a sense that he would uh, enter uh, Greensboro into the thought process? Because in previous he, times he, he was, hasn't. He was asked in Akron, have 
has he thought about possibly playing the Wyndham Championship? And he says, I don't know yet. Now, that that was kind of eyebrow-raising to me because he didn't say no. He left the door open. Um, so, you know, we're just going to wait and see. He wants to to win here and, and not worry about it, but I just don't know if his body and his game can do that. Well, before we let you go, Todd, um, you know, just a lot of interesting stories that uh, I think developed, too, out of the um, Bridgestone, of course, Sergio falling short, but, you know, playing very well. Uh, Phil coming back on Sunday with an unbelievable round, giving him great confidence coming into this tournament. And, um, of course, Rory. Uh, do you think that it's it's likely that Rory could win another major so so close to the Open Championship? If you ever have a chance to be at a golf tournament and Rory McIlroy is playing, for those listening, I would encourage you to try and get to the practice area or get out on the golf course and stand behind him as he hits a driver. It is majestic. And that being said, I think that he has a tremendous advantage off the tee here at Valhalla. Now, of course, there are other parts of a complete golf game that he'll have to put in sync, but Roy has always said that the foundation of his game starts with the driver. I've talked to a lot of people who've been involved in the game a long time, and they said, after seeing what Rory has been doing with the driver over the last couple of months, that they haven't seen someone hit the ball so so long, so straight, with so with such little fear off the tee since Tiger Woods in 2000 and since Jack Nicklaus in his heyday. Uh, Rory McIlroy has dedicated himself to the game. It, it all it, it happened after he broke up with Carolina Wozniacki. He just spent lots and lots of time. He just dived into his golf game, and it's paying off right now. Rory McIlroy is really, really a well-deserved number one player in the world. Awesome. Well, it is going to be fun to watch uh, this tournament as it unfolds because uh, I think we've just got a lot of different possibilities here, and I hope we're just seeing something uh, big time in terms of drama on Sunday afternoon. Todd, as always, thank you so much. One of the uh, best. Can I, get one, can I get one little plug? We'll Please. Be on we're, on, we're on right now, live for the PGA Championship. By the way, a great story on Bob May, about an eight, nine-minute story we're going to have on uh, in about an hour or two. Um, and then tomorrow morning we're going to be live at 8 a.m. on the Golf Channel. You'll get to see Tiger Woods warm up leading up to his tea time with Phil Mickelson and Patrick Harrington. Awesome. And a great story that's been running um, since last night on John Daly, too. Uh, yep. As always, just great feature stories that the Golf Channel brings us uh, passionate golfers. Thanks so much, Todd. You're welcome. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. You're listening to 740 The Game, the Golf Insider. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 on the eve of the PGA Championship, the 96th PGA Championship, the Fourth major, the last major of 2014. In the house, Holly G, along with very special guest co-host, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. Do they still use the, the phrase, Lori's last shot for the PGA Championship, or did they phase that out? They've got a new one. 
Okay. It's now, it's major. Okay. Not, it's a major. <laughs> it's the major. It's major. As in big time. Don't be counting us fourth or insignificant because, let's face it, a lot of major drama has happened over the years at the PJ Championship, including, shall we not forget, the Cinderella story with John Daly in 1991. And the all-time Cinderella story. But even, even I, I think the last time the, the PGA went to Valhalla was a great, uh, was great drama because we had Tiger going for his third major, and, and that, of course, was the big focus. But who was he going against? He was going against a savvy journeyman, really, veteran, a guy who dominated the, the junior level, um, but uh, never was able to find his find his uh, rhythm on the on the PGA Tour. That's Bob May. But uh, that weekend was a phenomenal duel, and not just for you know the last four or five holes on Sunday. That thing went all day Sunday as Tiger tried to chase down Bob May. Well, we're going to go to uh, one of our longtime golf insiders who uh, has covered many a PGA Championship. Brian Hubert, Hewitt from Global Golf Post. Hey, Brian. Ollie G, Jeff, how you all doing? We are doing well. Um, tell our listeners a little bit about Valhalla and what they can expect to see this week and weekend, and whose game does it favor most? Well, it, it's interesting. I was listening to you guys talk, and I, 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 uh, Jeff, you stole my, my question, uh, which was when did they stop calling it Glory's Last Shot? Um, and I'm not exactly sure when they did, but it, it occurred to me that as far as majors go this year and the way things have been going recently, they really ought to call it Rory's last shot uh, <laughs> uh, to, to win a major. Uh, he's, uh, uh, I, I don't think in my lifetime um, as a golf writer, uh, which goes back just a couple of years before Tiger turned pro, uh, that anybody has been as prohibitive a favorite in a major as uh, as Rory is, other than Tiger, um, and uh, it's it's really the, the worm is kind of turned. Now, Holly, to get to your question, I was there in '96 uh, when Mark Brooks beat uh, Kenny Perry uh, in the uh, in the playoff uh, at Valhalla, the first time they played the PGA Championship there. I was there in 2000 um, uh, when uh, Tiger had the great uh, uh, playoff with Bob May uh, and. Uh, and I was there in 2008 when the when the Ryder Cup was there, uh, and Tiger was not there, um, uh, uh, and it was a great victory for the U.S. over the uh, over the Europeans. The last time they won, uh, we we the Americans have won a Ryder Cup. I think this golf course, um, I I I think it favors somebody who's a ball striker. Uh, the, the statistics say that uh, it, it's the toughest course, um, one of the toughest courses. That, that they play even on a semi-regular basis for guys who, who like to get up and down, uh, which basically means, uh, uh, you know, we hear this every week, but fairways and greens are, are at a premium premium at Valhalla. So to answer your question, Holly, uh, you know, if, if Rory still it continues to hit the ball 320 yards off the tee on average and 70% of the fairways like he did last week in Akron uh, at the Bridgestone, uh, He'll he'll win in a romp again, uh, but I, I'm looking at guys like um, uh, there's a guy I kind of like I, I like Graham Dolette this week, the Canadian, um, as a you, you know 
not a long shot, but maybe a dark horse and, and, a, and, a, and a longer shot uh, is a guy who played well last week, really under the radar, uh, and that's Lee Westwood. Um, it's his kind of golf course. Uh, I know he's been disappointing us for a long time in the majors. And, of course, the, the name I should mention uh, before you asked me about the arrival of the Pope today, uh, uh, when Tiger Woods got there, is is, uh, is Phil Mickelson? We 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 all know shot 62 and actually uh, in the last round Sunday again last week and showed some signs of life for the very first time all year. So uh, and Phil has played well. He hasn't won at Valhalla, but he had a couple of uh, PGA Championships where he played very well there. So that's my quick. I guess I got, I got a little long-winded there, but that's my quick review of what I'm what I'm, I'm anticipating. Well, and you know, it's interesting to me. Um, yes, I mean, obviously, Rory now just kind of ratcheting things up to a whole nother level. But yet, we, we were talking about this briefly in the show before mine. Adam Scott seeming to have kind of now gone under the radar. Yet, um, yeah. you know, his his. Uh, you know, big victories and, and, and just getting knocked off world number one. Uh, you have Justin Rose, who has, you know, been yeah. very much on fire. And you've got Bubba, you know, who's uh, won, an, won another major. So, you know, you've, you've got all these players in the mix. Martin Keimer, we haven't heard from Martin in a few weeks. I don't know. I heard something about he had possibly had some sh- uh, an injury to his shoulder. Can you tell us more about that? I, I don't know that. I, 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 uh, I know he's been... Uh, I know that Steve Stricker has a torn labrum in his left hip, which just came out today. Uh, don't know much about the Keimer situation, uh, but a couple of names you didn't mention. I mean, there, there's a there's a good short list of about ten guys, and and all the guys you you named are legitimate candidates. And I would add, just because you didn't just name them, were is Sergio Garcia and Graham McDowell uh, as as two more guys that you have to like. Of course. Uh, and 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 if and and you know I watched I don't know if you guys have talked about it already on the show but I watched was watching the golf channel this afternoon when and they showed Tiger's entire warm up when he showed up and uh, you know they, if if he scratched his ear they were going to make a comment about it I mean it was it was some of the most <laughs> closest scrutiny you could ever imagine and it was it was kind of riveting I mean I'm not criticizing them for having this kind of scrutiny because this is what everybody wanted to be watching this afternoon. He looked pretty good to me. I don't know, Jeff or Holly, if either one of you got to watch him hit balls or hit his tee ball off of one when he went off with that group. Um, I realize the range is very different from a golf course, but where I saw him last last Sunday when he had to work off walk off the course, I thought for sure he was done for the year and that maybe there were, there were going to be career-threatening issues. And then I watched him hit balls today, and it looked pretty darn good. You just you just never know. We did talk about that with and and Todd Lewis followed him basically for the entire nine. Said that uh, you know he he hit the ball hard. He didn't seem to be in any kind of pain whatsoever. And you know when it comes to the back, it can be. Um, I think that's sometimes why they call it a trick back because it can be kind yeah. of tricky business in terms of uh, you know when it spasms, when it you know uh, hurts, when it doesn't. Yeah, it seems like uh, as well as you can look, all it takes is one misstep. And then all of a sudden you're back at square one trying to figure out how to get your shoes off in the parking lot. Uh, Or why you even showed up. I mean, yeah, and, and, you know, on the range, and Tiger has that phrase, I'm sure you've heard it, Jeff, calls it Ranger Rick. I mean, anybody can look pretty good on the range, and and you're hitting off a flat lie. Holly, I know you're, you're a good player, and you know how that works. So, 
uh, there, there are some undulations out there, and there is bluegrass rough out there, and uh, it's it's a little bizarre uh, that, uh, I mean, he's just going to have to, he's either going to have to play small ball and, and just really back off of every situation where he his instincts would normally tell him to go for it and just and just sort of play conservative and and uh, uh, you know I once wrote years ago I said if, if Tiger Woods had to play Fred Funk's tee balls he would never ever lose a golf tournament uh, because he'd always be in the middle of the fairway and it, it wouldn't matter that he had lost 30 or 40 yards of distance he could make it up with his other skills uh, I think he's gonna if, if he's gonna have any kind of survival this week um, at Valhalla, he's going to have to he's going to have to back it off to a certain extent, and uh, I don't know if he's capable of doing that in in his head. So it's it's just another fascinating storyline. I mean, you know, we've got all these names, interesting guy. I mean, what if Sergio finally wins a major? Um, uh, and, and if Rory, if Rory wins again, and then you've got the subplot of the Ryder Cup. So it's it's uh, uh, every other year the PGA Championship. When it's a Ryder Cup year, uh, every other year like this year, it's just uh, it's it's a great watch. No, almost no matter what happens. And another guy who has been trending in the right direction. Uh, how about Charles Schwartzel? Well, you know, wouldn't we all love to have his action, his golf swing? Um, it's 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 a gift from God that he's got. Uh, I, I I think he's been struggling with the putter a little bit, uh, a lot this summer, but. We know we saw what he did the year uh, he won the Masters. He buried the last four holes. He gets he gets the putter going. He can he can run the table. He's 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 my dark horse, even though he's really not a dark horse. But and uh, we yeah. also didn't mention, believe it or not, Ricky Fowler. There you go. I mean, how deep that's... is how deep is this <laughs> game? You know, I mean, I, I, how people aren't. You know, psyched up and tuned in. You know, we hear all these things about when Tiger's not in the tournament, the ratings are off. I mean, there's so many good guys, you know, playing well, great golf. Let me say something about Ricky Fowler because I was thinking the other day, sort of absently wandering around my own mind, about the player of the year. Uh, uh, and, you know, Keimer was, was almost the presumptive uh, uh, favorite, if you will, after he won the Players' Championship in the U.S. Open. And then here comes Rory uh, and wins the British Open uh, very impressively, and then and then wins impressively last week. But you know, if if Ricky Fowler wins the PGA Championship and he's finished what top five in all the other three majors, um, how do you not pick him as Player of the Year? Uh, so there's just there's just another. I know we're sort of not in the season quite yet for Player of the Year, but but you know, Jeff, if if Ricky Fowler wins. He's in, he's got to be on a very short list of Player of the Year candidates. I would think so, and and I guess what that means is that uh, not only will everybody be playing for FedEx Cup money in those four playoff events, but perhaps for yes. Player of the Year as well. I, I'm kind of curious what you may have seen in Ricky Fowler over the last nine months since he started working with Butch Harmon. Uh, what has kind of turned his action around? Well, I, I, I'm I'm not going to analyze the swing because because I'm. I, I, because I'm not that qualified. I mean, it's tighter. Uh, mm. It's it's more repetitive. Um, he was he always had a little looseness and a, and a kind of a it was a fun swing to watch. But you, you you always wondered how much it was based on timing versus mechanics. Um, and uh, now he's got it. He seems to have the right mix of, of of timing and mechanics. What Butch has done, he, he hasn't taken he hasn't taken the Fowler out of Ricky. 
but he's but he's put a little butch in there, and and I I'm almost as impressed as I am with what Ricky Fowler has done this year in a year when he really basically made some pretty serious changes. I'm actually more impressed with the work that Butch has done with Ricky. I think uh, when you look at the guys that Butch has worked with over the years, Scott, Norman, and Tiger, and, and the list goes on and on, I think this may be some of the best work that Butch has ever done with anybody, what he's done with Ricky Fowler. Completely agree. And uh, given how well he has uh, finished in these majors, when you consider how some how some of these guys have come out and just run the run the tables. I mean, it it really is. Uh, it's it, it I, kudos to Butch. I think um, a- absolutely. So Brian, yeah, uh, and, go ahead. And, and just one more quick. I think if you look ahead to the Ryder Cup, uh, Ricky Fowler may be may be the best guy Tom Watson's got right now. Uh, as as we what is it? Forty seven days away from the Ryder Cup. I mean, there's so many question marks in the American lineup. But Ricky Fowler is, and we know he we know he plays well in match play. And the one Ryder Cup that he played, and he played very well. Um, uh, I'm I'm very high and bullish on Ricky right now. Well, You've got to have a horse to ride, and he's a pretty good one right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would uh, eat up the rest of our show, Brian, because uh, there's a lot of permutations going on in terms of the Ryder Cup, but. Uh, uh, yeah. another guy I'm watching because he just so wants to make the team is Keegan Bradley. I mean, no guy more passionate about playing on the Ryder Cup maybe than uh, Sergio on the European side, don't you think? I do, and, and uh, you know, I, I actually think that Keegan Bradley wants it. If there's such a thing, I think he wants it too much. Yeah, I think he's actually trying too hard right now. He, he, he needs to let the – to let it come to him a little bit, and that's not in his makeup. It's it's impossible for him to to, to not be the way he is. But it's it's going to be a big disappointment for him if he doesn't make the team. If he does, uh, and you know, there was a tweet by uh, 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 by Mr. Bishop, who's the uh, president of the PGA of America, uh, that basically came out yesterday. Basically, basically, I'm paraphrasing him. Basically, saying he really needs to be one of. Uh, one of the captain's picks for, for Tom Watson. And I read this tweet and I thought to myself, you know, that's really Tom Watson's job, not, not, not Bishop's <laughs> job. And, uh, you know, Jeff, you're chuckling. You know what I'm talking about there. Uh, he, he was touting Keegan Bradley. I think this, if Keegan Bradley uh, gets on the team, um, that's exactly what Tom Watson wants. He wants that. That's, that's when his attitude, his try hard, his, his fire, that's when it will work to his advantage because you want a guy like that in the cauldron of the Ryder Cup. It's just uh, he's got to stay out of his own way between now and the Ryder Cup so that he so that he makes the team, and he's sort of getting in his own way right now. Well, maybe he'll channel some of that, uh, that stuff from 2011, his victory at the Atlanta Athletic Club. Brian Hewitt, yep. we appreciate your time. Global Golf Post, go check it online. You get it free every Monday. Globalgolfpost.com, one of the best in our business. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks to both of you. Enjoy the show. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got lots more from Valhalla coming up in the PGA Championship. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's... My job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make a part. 
We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with a very special guest, co-host tonight, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. And we are going to go back to the press center at Valhalla and the 96th PGA Championship and check in with Jeff Babineau from Golf Week. Hey, Jeff. Hey, what's up, guys? Well, we've... uh, Dedicated most of the show to the uh, the, the Tiger uh, practice round, probably the most famous practice round in a long time, wouldn't you oh, say? Is he, is he here? I didn't know he showed up. <laughs> I, I saw you lying down in his parking spot, you know, pretending to be a speed bump, buddy. Yeah, I was bummed. I thought I might get that spot this week, but apparently not. Until the weekend, maybe. Well, um, something came up in our um, earlier segment, and I want to see if you've heard anything about this, that Martin Keimer actually, when he went back to Europe, had a little issue with his shoulder and his neck. Um, Have you gotten the scoop on that? No, I mean, at some point, this golf tour has turned into the NFL uh, injury report. Yeah, Uh, no kidding. You know, Duffner was talking about being laid up today and get the Tiger stuff, and uh, you got to have a a medical uh, degree out here these days but i don't know much about keimer on that um you know I, we were talking about him earlier today he's kind of he's kind of been under the radar for a little bit uh since pinehurst and you know if he were to rise up and have a big week and win this week he's probably your player of the year so uh, i had not heard much on an injury front with him but uh, i'm definitely going to be watching him this week well i'm 43 minutes into the show and haven't even talked about the defending champion jason duffner so what do you the see? Duff. What do you see the Duff doing? Um, other than I know uh, Ribbon Keegan Bradley a little bit on on Twitter. Yeah, I mean he's been struggling. You know he's been really trying to find it this year and hasn't been there. So uh, he talked about having some some neck issues and some pain there that he's trying to play through. Um, he's talked to Tom Watson about it. You know he's one of these bubble guys in the Ryder Cup mix. Uh, currently sitting eighth, I guess, when you take Dustin Johnson out of the the points. So. You know, he's in the Ryder Cup team, but he uh, he definitely has some, some issues here going forward, and and uh, he's trying to get them worked out and work through them and play some good golf for the captain. And how about this story? It sort of went under the radar um, with with the big with Roy's win over the weekend, but he gave away his putter during Sunday's round to a 12-year-old kid or something and played with a three-wood the rest of the way in the round. Hey, I do that all the time. Yeah, you know, well, uh, we, we know your game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I run a little better with the three wood these days. I mean, you know, this is just adding to his uh, legendary, uh, you know, status here on the tour. Yeah, he's a piece of work. He's, he's uh, you know, he's a fun guy to watch. And um, you know, like I say, I, he's one of these other guys. They announced Stricker today as uh, the third uh, vice captain with Watson, which is interesting because it gives the U.S. a guy who, uh, you know, the team now will have one of their peers in the coaching rank instead of you know, a lot of guys who are an, uh, older gentlemen. So, but they, uh, Stricker, the first thing he talked about was, you know, have guys missing on the team for quote unquote personal reasons and injuries. And, you know, you got the tiger watch here and uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, the Ryder cup's not that far around the corner. You know, it certainly will be focusing on a major this week, but the Ryder cup's out there and you know, these guys are in some rough shape. With that announcement, Jeff, do you think that Tom Watson, in, in asking Stricker to be the vice captain, also said, bring your clubs because I might need you uh, for Duffner or I might need you for Tiger? Well, he might not have, but it might be a good good advice or a good idea for him. Um, 
you know, certainly Stricker has experience, and and uh, they did talk about that today. He was talking about at what point could he, you know, appoint Stricker onto that team if they had an injury over there once they get to Glen Eagles. But, uh, you know, Stricker's one of those guys with, with the bad taste in his from Medina. And if I'm Watson and I'm looking at these captain's picks, you know, I know Keegan Bradley's one of these guys on the outside now that was on that losing squad. And, and I'd, I'd like to have a few of those guys on. I think they have a bad taste in their mouth. They really want to do something about it this year at Glen Eagles. Yeah, I, I think Watson actually mentioned that uh, a few weeks ago when he was over in Britain, that he wants his secret, so to speak, is going to be to emphasize Medina as much as he possibly can and, and maybe get some of that uh, bile going again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that would be a powerful thing. I mean, those guys had that, you know, swiped away from them on Sunday at Medina. And, you know, you got enough of those guys. Certainly, you know, Furyk is going to go back there with, with those feelings, and you know, Kucher got drummed in singles on Sunday, and he liked to turn things around. And uh, you know, you have Mickelson Bradley in that mix. They played so well as a team, and then uh, you know, things didn't go so well on Sunday. So, hey, I'm all for that. I think that you know, motivation is a powerful tool, and and uh, you know, the U.S. is going to go over there as underdogs that can use all the help they can get. So, uh, Furyk, another guy who's just you know the bulldog, just. You know, grinding it, grinding it week after week here um, certainly would be somebody that you'd want to keep your eye on, having also finished second last year at Oak Hill. Yeah, he, he hangs around. And, you know, he played so well at the Open this summer, the Open Championship across the pond. And uh, he's done, you know, everything but kind of jump in and, and win one of these big ones again. And um, this, this is going to be a lot of golf course for him, though. There's, some, there's like two monster holes on each side here that are – really long to the, you know, the mid-length type guys. And uh, it's going to be kind of interesting. you got to, you know, you need to hit a ball high here. You need to, there's a lot of, of trouble up in front of the, the greens. So you got to, you know, uh, it's a big deal to, to get some length and have shorter irons into these greens. And uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how the, you know, the middle range guys, the Furyk and the, the Zach Johnsons and the Graham McDowell's uh, compete here this week. Well, and there have been some, um, unsuspecting winners over the past 10 years at the PGA. So we never know who may bubble up, you know, David Tom's 2001, Rich Beam in 2002, Sean McKeel, 2003. We had Y.E. Yang beating Tiger at Hazeltine in 09. So you just never know if it's going to be, you know, somebody you're not expecting or we're going to see a wily veteran. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it did seem there was a big run here on the first-timers, you know, when you had uh, the Jeff Lumens of the world and the Wayne Grady's and, and uh, these guys breaking through uh, uh, Elkington and Brooks. And, and John guys. Daly, let's not forget Big John. Well, yeah, yeah, well, Big John backed it up with a with an open championship, fortunately. But, yeah, so you had some the run here of these first-timers for a long time. Uh, and then you kind of got back to a little normalcy, I think, uh, with some marquee stuff with, with McElroy, and certainly Duffner was playing some good golf by the time he won here uh, last year. But I, I think I would tend to go on the veteran side this week. Um, you know, the, the greens are receptive. There'll be a lot of birdies. But, you know, when you get in the, the heat of that battle on Sunday afternoon, I think you'd like to have a little bit of experience on your side. So who do you think is going to be hoisting the Wanamaker Trophy on Sunday, Jeff? Yeah, you know, I usually lay off of guys that come in here off of wins because I just think it's hard to follow up. But 
I think Rory's too hot and he's driving it so well that I can't I can't stay away from picking Rory. I mean, he just he's walking up there with a swagger again, and and he's a guy we've seen before that can really go on these runs. So, I mean, I'm kind of I, I'm going chalk with Rory this week, and uh, if there's a sleeper maybe in the midst, midst uh, maybe I take Keegan Bradley to show something, trying to make this Ryder team so badly. This Ryder Cup team, uh, maybe Keegan will pop his head in there and get in the mix on Sunday. All right, Jeff. Well, as always, we appreciate you spending some time with us. We'll let you go back to work and uh, check it all out, golfweek.com. And I know you've got some special editions coming out too, right, Jeff? You got to check us out. We'll have stuff on the web all week. All right. Jeff Babineau, the big dog at Golf Week and golfweek.com. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We've got one more segment coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so I got good We're back, the right. Golf Insiders. Wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G, along with our special co-host, Jeff Shane from PGATour.com. And, um, Jeff, we're going to go to a man who knows a heck of a lot about Louisville. And, you know, (laughs) we know about the Kentucky Derby. We know about Louisville sluggers, the baseball bats. We know they make some pretty good whiskey up in the state of Kentucky, and they got some mm. great basketball teams, but, boy, they love their golf, too, is clear by the number of big events that have been hosted at Valhalla. We're going to go to Biggs Tabler, host, Hello, of, how you doing? host of Two Guys at a Golf Show up there in Louisville. Hey, Biggs, it's awesome to have you on. Well, glad to be on. It's, it's been a fabulous day today. <clears throat> we were very lucky in that uh, mid-morning, got some information that, Mr. Tiger Woods was going to be uh, medically fit, and he was on his way to Kentucky for an afternoon practice round. Were you in that uh, sea of people when he arrived? People were running around everywhere, and as soon as they heard that, they all went down to the practice center to wait for him, and uh, he ended up playing nine holes this afternoon, and he's in a group tomorrow that the crowd can't wait for because he's playing with uh, Phil Mickelson, and Patrick Harrington uh, tomorrow morning at 8.35. So the fans are really excited about that. And um, how about the weather? What are we going to expect from the weather? Because that could be very key to this tournament the next few days, Biggs. Uh, very good point. Uh, the weather is, is really pretty good. We're in the high 80s, and I uh, don't think we've really cracked 90 yet. Maybe a little bit later on in the week, uh, there's some suggestion that some rain may come Friday afternoon. But right now, uh, we're expected 250,000 people for the entire tournament. Uh, the fans are out there. They love, they love their golf. Uh, I was a whole captain today. So I was with a lot of people as they were watching the players hit. And Roy McElroy is now going to be adopted as one of the guys they love. Uh, I was on the signature hole, which is 350 yards. And most guys hit a hybrid and, uh, uh, a uh, iron end of the green. Rory hit his hybrid, and then he looked around, went back to his bag, pulled out a driver. And so he tried to drive the 350-yard hole today. 
Uh, don't think he did it, but the crowd was going crazy. And as soon as he left the tee, they left the area and started and followed him around uh, the back nine. What What's the signature hole? What number? Uh, number thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Tell our right. list. It's, it's, it's three hundred fifty yards, and it's an elevated hole. Uh, like it's almost like an island green, and uh, it's built on a uh, rock foundation. So if you don't get on the green, your ball caroms off that uh, rock foundation and bounces in the water. Uh, it's a, Valhalla is a Nicholas-designed golf course. Tell our listeners, you know, what, what's a little different about this golf course? Obviously, we have played many Nicholas courses here in Florida, but uh, what are some of the key characteristics? Well, interesting enough, it's actually two, two courses in one. Uh, the front nine is more of a traditional non-seaside uh, uh, links course, and... Uh, it's flooding sometimes, but it's, it's very open, no trees or anything else uh, in the main part of the course. Then the back nine uh, is very hilly and uh, it culminates with the uh, 18th hole, which has a uh, split fairway. And uh, it has be- become, most players like it. Some guys, uh, uh, Rory, uh, 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 a couple guys don't really like it. Sergio always not, says it's not his favorite course. Nicholson is very, very high on it. It's a top 100 course. Uh, this is their sixth major event, including the uh, victorious 2008 uh, Ryder Cup team. So they're very excited about it, and the fans love it. Um, the tickets are, are record sales. Uh, the merchandise tent is 38,000 feet, uh, square feet. And they opened it up early so people could, could buy and their place was packed last Saturday and Sunday with people buying merchandise uh, before the tournament started. Well, uh, Biggs, we've just got a minute left. So um, what, what can we expect this weekend? Who do you think this course favors from what you've seen uh, as a whole captain? Well, I would think that you've got to look at uh, some of the traditional guys. You've got to look around at some of the, the guys that are coming on. Uh, I'll tell you, a guy who got a lot of play today was, was, was Spieth. Uh, he had quite a following with him. Uh, yeah, there's a guy There's a guy time. who's been one of the hottest players this year, and we haven't even talked about him in this hour. There's so much going on. So I'm glad you gave uh, Jordan a little shout-out there. Right. And, and uh, he is he's a very smooth guy, uh, very, very nice to the fans, because this was last day people get – uh, autographs, and so he was very diligent signing autographs today. All right, Biggs. Well, we appreciate it so much, Biggs Tabler. Check out his golf show sometime. I'm sure you can get it online. Correct, Biggs? Right. Uh, those weekend golf guys. Weekend golf guys. Weekendgolfguys.com. That's it. All right. P- appreciate it so much, Biggs. And uh, thank you, Holly. We- uh, watch us on TV now. We absolutely will. Live okay. from uh, the you. great state of Kentucky. And uh, Jeff, before we go here, just a couple of seconds. Who's your pick for Sunday and the Wanamaker Trophy? It's hard to go against Rory, so he would be my my number one pick. But I- I'm also going to be real interested to see if Ricky Fowler maybe can pull something off here. Well, you know, Rich has been on the Ricky Fowler uh, bandwagon for the last couple of weeks here, so uh, it would be great to see him break through. I'm still pulling for Sergio. I would just like to see him get that major. He's 0 for 64 starts in majors in his career. So I'd love to see him win.